Where the hell have I been? What's up, everybody? It is Broken Havoc here, right here on the Broken Havoc podcast. Here to review, finally, AEW Dynamite from December 15th, 2021. It's winter is coming. So yeah, I haven't been uploading for a whole month and a half. Uh, Where the hell have I been? (laughs) So yeah, um, I haven't been uploading for the past whole month for the whole month of november i haven't been uploading at all um there's reason to that um i've been extremely and i mean extremely busy with a lot of things of course i told you guys previously in my previous review which was a raw review from october uh that i'm in the process of moving and yeah the process of moving was a hectic and crazy process but we got through it not only that um I was literally busy with school and all that other stuff. You know how co- you know college students. If any of you guys watch are watching this video, college students, you guys know what I'm talking about. The semester is insane usually, and this is my my literally my quote right here. The fall, the fall semester is the semester where everybody works their ass off. Okay? The fall semester is where everybody works their ass off. Everybody's just busy and all that crazy stuff. I've been extremely busy, and, you know, I haven't been uploading for the past week and a half. Not week and a half, month and a half. What the hell? Week and a half? What the hell's wrong with my words? But uh, I haven't been uploading. Um, You know, yeah, so I'm finally back uploading for you guys, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff I want to do for the channel. Uh, Not only just, uh, you know, we, we got this awesome show, Winter is Coming, which, which I will say was an awesome-ass show, one of the best Dynamites I've seen. And Dynamite is a show all the time, every, every single week. It's one of those shows where literally you're like, dude, these people cannot mess up at all. Now, sometimes they will, but the majority of the time, AEW knocks it out of the park when it comes to their shows. And this show is no exception. Of course, this show was headlined by Brian Danielson going up against Hangman Adam Page, who is the new AEW World Champion, beating Kenny Omega in a really good match at November's Full Gear pay-per-view. Uh, overall thoughts on that match and Full Gear as a whole, I thought that show was really good. Now, do I say that that show was better than All Out? No. All Out was by far not only AEW's best pay-per-view in the entire company's run, but the best show of 2021, period. Like, it was the best wrestling show of 2021, bar none. Like, that show was by far amazing with the arrivals of Brian Danielson and Adam Cole, and also had the match of the year, in my opinion, that being the Young Bucks going up against Ray Phoenix in that fantastic steel cage match in Chicago at the Now Arena. But, uh, yeah, um, you know... Full Gear was an amazing show, but do I do I think it was better than All Out? No, I don't think it was better than All Out, but it was still an awesome ass show. Definitely better than all the all the other WWE shows that were out there this year. But uh, Full Gear was a really good show. Of course, CM Punk went up against Eddie Kingston in a phenomenal match. Um, 
Jurassic Express and Christian Cage going up against the Super Click in an awesome ass match as well. But the main event with Hangman Adam Page and Kenny Omega, you definitely did see Kenny Omega dropping the belt, and he is taking a break, and rightfully so. I mean, the guy held the company on his back throughout the majority, or actually shouldn't say the majority, throughout this whole year, 2021, ever since he won ever since he won the title at Winners Coming last year. So hopefully Kenny Omega heals up and comes back because there's a lot of dream matches that I want to see regarding Kenny Omega. One, the number one match being CM Punk versus Kenny Omega. That match has to happen in 2022, and I definitely see that match happening. Or Adam Cole versus Kenny Omega. That match is definitely going to happen. It's going to be freaking bonkers. But... Before I get on with this Winter is Coming review, because this show was freaking awesome, there are two announcements that I have for this channel, and there are two new series coming to the Broken Havoc podcast. The first being New Shock. New Shock is a new series that I'm going to start up right here on the Broken Havoc podcast, right here on this very channel, where I discuss the wrestling news of the week regarding AEW and WWE. I'm also, there's going to be different segments of like, you know, match of my favorite match of the week, all that stuff. Um, I do not know when I'm going to be starting this series. Hopefully it's this month. Uh, or maybe starting next month, but I'm definitely starting this new series. I really want to discuss wrestling news and all that stuff, all the backstage stuff that happens in both WWE and AEW. So be on the lookout for these uh, that, that show. And the second show is Old School Showcase, where I discuss old pay-per-views and shows from many different promotions, either WWE, uh, TNA, WCW, ECW, you name it, I will discuss and review a certain show or pay-per-view from the past, and that is the whole purpose of Old School Showcase. This is another show that I really, really want to do on the channel because, you know, I'm an, I'm a big old school wrestling fan. Like, I, And when I mean by old school, I'm probably talking about the 2000s because that's when I grew up. Uh, but, uh, of course, um, you know, I really want to talk about a lot of things and a lot of stories. You know, a lot of stories regarding those p- particular shows. So, for example, if I'm talking about a certain pay-per-view, I'll talk about the buy rate. I'll talk about, you know, all the stuff leading into those shows all that fun stuff i will be discussing on this new series called old school showcase so be on the lookout for these two new shows and yeah that's that now i do not again i do not know when i'm going to be uploading start i'm going to start uploading these videos but uh in future videos and future reviews i will tell you guys when i will start uploading these videos i really have to set up my schedule regarding these because you know not only i'm doing reviews for raw smackdown dynamite and rampage but i'm also doing these two new shows so it's more content for the channel and i really want to um really expand on this channel so that's why i'm doing these two new series and not only that it's fun to do but yeah, back on Winter is Coming. Uh, yeah, what can I say about this show? This show is freaking awesome. Dynamite every single week delivers. And I mean that with the bottom of my heart. This show was awesome from top to bottom. And, you know, the main event, that being Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson, was not even the actual main event. That match did not even close the show. Of course, last year we had John Moxley going up against Kenny Omega for the AEW title. And literally, that match did close the show, but this match actually opened the show 
which is actually really shocking to me because I thought this match was actually going to close the show. But uh, yeah, so we got Brian Danielson going up against Hangman Page. Of course, Brian Danielson won the world title tournament, beating Miro in the finals at full gear in a really good match. Uh, Brian Danielson has been on a roll. Ever since he came to AEW, he wrestled a lot of guys in really good matches. Of course, he wrestled that match on the buy-in of Rampage a couple weeks ago against Minoru Suzuki, which that match was freaking awesome. The crowd was absolutely rampant for that match. Um, He wrestled a lot of guys. Of course, he wrestled Eddie Kingston as well in a damn good match. It was a really good match on Rampage, and he's just been on a tear. Hangman Page, this is his first title defense ever since beating Kenny Omega at full gear, so... You know, coming into the match, I knew that Hangman was going to win this match. Well, actually, no, this match, there was no winner in the match. What am I talking about? There was a whole time limit draw. There was a whole time limit draw in this match. This match lasted for over a freaking hour. You know, coming in, I thought Hangman was going to win, obviously. I did not think Brian Danielson was going to win whatsoever. The reason why I say that is because of the fact that Hangman, you know, he just won the title. Like, I, he just won the title, and it made no sense for him to drop the belt to Danielson. You know, number one, Danielson is on a roll, and I don't think he needs the world title right now. And number two, if he lost to Brian Danielson in this particular show, he would lose all of his momentum. I'm talking about Hangman. I'm talking about Hangman. That's weird how he said that. I was like, I'm talking about Hangman. No, I'm talking about Hangman. Like, it would lose all of his momentum at all. And if Brian lost this match... He would have lost all of his momentum too, but I'll talk about the time limit draw later on after I get through with the match. So again, this whole match went under an hour. Multiple commercial breaks on TNT, which, you know, is crazy because I don't think in AEW we've seen a match that lasted over an hour. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, we most likely have never seen anything like it you know the the last time you know this year that we saw a match i don't want to say go over an hour probably went like 45 minutes on television or maybe a little over 45 minutes on television was brian's last match in the wwe of course that match going up against roman reigns which was a really freaking awesome match one of the best matches of the year really check out that match if you haven't checked out that match it was on smackdown back in april of this year where brian went against roman reigns and just a freaking awesome match. And that was his last match in the WWE before jumping ship a couple months later to AEW. But uh, yeah, let's talk about Brian Danielson versus Hangman Adam Page. Uh, again, this match, Brian, when it comes to his matches, he's really technical when it comes to his wrestling. He's been like that ever since coming into AEW. And he was always a wrestling, like, he was always all about wrestling. Like, that's his motive. Like, Brian, Brian Danielson is always about wrestling like that's 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 him and he's always been about pure wrestling and his previous matches especially actually no not his previous matches but all of his matches on AEW TV is really all about pure wrestling and uh Brian Danielson of course recently turned heel a couple of weeks ago and I will say heel Brian Danielson is awesome because he really doesn't give a damn what he's saying on the microphone and not only that it was just awesome just seeing him go through all of the dark order these past few weeks on dynamite so you know did he beat hangman no but he really he put some really good offense in this match both men worked a damn good match so the match starts now i'm going to be going through the match from my notes 
The match starts. Both lock up. We get a waist lock by Danielson. A side headlock by Page. A shoulder tackle by Danielson. Danielson tries to grab the ankle of Hangman Page. At this point, Danielson is in control. We get a double chop by Danielson. Then Hangman chops back. Then after that, both lock up again. We get a takedown by Hangman. Then a side headlock takedown by Danielson. We get a boot by Hangman. Danielson then offers a handshake, but Hangman, of course, refuses. Both lock up. We get a wrist lock by Danielson. We get a side headlock by Hangman. And actually, I'm going to stop right there. If I miss any spot during the match, that was because literally I was taking notes as soon, right, like during the match was going on. I try to take my notes like literally move by move. So if I miss anything, bear with me here because this match was freaking long. It was over 60 minutes. Uh, So we get a side headlock by Hangman. Hangman catches Danielson and hits a body slam. Chops Danielson. Danielson goes for the ankle pick. We get a couple of knees by Danielson on Hangman. Picks the nose of Hangman. Then he continues to target the knee of Hangman. Danielson goes for the Romero special. Then we get a dragon sleeper by Danielson. We get a couple of chops by Danielson. And then we get a a couple of chops again. Then we get a headbutt by Danielson. Hangman runs through a chop by Brian. Then Hangman fires back with his own chop. Danielson then hits a couple of chops in the corner. Hangman reverses a chop with one of his own. So there's a lot of reversals when it comes to chops in this match, especially in the beginning stages of this match, which, you know, that was pretty fun to see. Hangman with repeated rights on the middle rope. We get a takedown by Danielson. He continues to target the ankle of Hangman. Danielson at this point is using body shots on the midsection. We get an uppercut by Danielson. We get a kick by Hangman. And then we get a boot by Hangman. Danielson counters quickly a buckshot Larry and takes Hangman to the outside. But then Danielson runs into a boot, then takes him to the outside. Hangman takes Danielson back in the ring. Hangman goes to the top, but drops onto a kick by Danielson. A really crazy-ass kick, I should say. Uh, We get a knee by Danielson, then a knee by Danielson by uh, taking Hangman down. We get a slingshot on the bottom bottom rope by Danielson. We get a couple of uppercuts by Danielson. We get a couple of chops and kicks by Danielson. Knees by Danielson. Danielson goes to the top. We get a knee drop off the top by Danielson driving the back of the head of Hangman. Once we go to commercial break, Danielson is in control. Hangman fights back with a couple of chops, but Danielson takes him down. Once we're back from break, we get a backdrop by Hangman Page. We get a chop. We get a couple of chops by Hangman in the corner. We get an Irish whip to the other corner of the ring. Then after that, uh, crap! I missed my notes. To the other corner, but Danielson escapes. We get a fallaway slam by Hangman when he catches Danielson. We get a couple of chops in the corner by Hangman. Hangman takes Danielson to the top rope. We get a lariat by Hangman, but Danielson goes to the outside. We get a suicide dive by Hangman on Danielson driving. Danielson onto the steel guardrail. Hangman then goes to the top rope on the outside. He hits a moonsault on Danielson on the outside, which is a really awesome spot, by the way. Of course, Hangman is synonymous with his moonsaults. Synonymous. He always did moonsault, but I don't know why I said it's synonymous. Uh, <laughs> Danielson counters Hangman's sliding clothesline, but Hangman catches Danielson and hits a Death Valley driver. Then we get a cover and a near fall. 
We get a chop by Hangman in the corner. Hangman takes Danielson to the top rope. Hangman also goes up. He tries to hit a superplex, but Danielson escapes. We get a couple of elbow shots to the back of Hangman by Brian Danielson. Danielson gets taken down. Then Hangman tries to go for a moonsault, but misses. Then we get an inside cradle by Danielson. Danielson then hits his knee strikes. We get a roll up by Hangman. Then we get a near fall. Then Danielson catches Hangman and tries to apply. Um, uh, I forgot. Damn, I messed up. I messed up. It says labels locks, but that's not the actual word of the move. So my apologies for that. Literally, I was typing so fast that I basically missed a spot. <laughs> we got a roll up by Hangman. We got a roll up by Danielson. We get a near fall. Then we get an ankle lock applied by Danielson. Yes, he applied the ankle lock. Then Hangman gets kicked by Danielson in the midsection when the ankle lock was applied. So that was a really crazy spot too. Literally, as soon as Danielson was holding on to that ankle lock, you know, he was literally punishing Hangman right by kicking him like literally in the midsection. We got a couple of chops in the corner by Danielson. We get a couple of running strikes by Danielson. Hangman counters Danielson into a power bomb. We get a cover and a near fall. Hangman then sets up the buckshot, but Danielson targets Hangman. We get a drop kick by Hangman. Hangman goes to the top, but Danielson takes him to the outside. Then he sends Hangman to the ring post. Danielson then drives the shoulder of Hangman to the ring post. At this point, Hangman is busted open. Once we go to commercial break, if you watch the picture-in-picture break, you can see that the doctors were literally just watching hangman like literally trying to help hangman at all costs and um once we're back from break we get a running boot by danielson so at this point danielson is in control of this match danielson at this point is just running rampant on hangman you really do not know what the hell hangman is going to do in this match we get a flying knee on the outside by Danielson. Danielson takes Hangman to the apron. We get a diving knee on the face of Hangman on the apron by Danielson. He takes the right shoulder of Hangman to the apron. We get repeated rights by Danielson on the top rope. Danielson then drives the knee of Hangman to the middle turnbuckle. Danielson targets the shoulder of Hangman. We get an uppercut by Danielson. Hangman catches Danielson. Then Danielson ca- uh, counters the fallaway slam into a German suplex. We get a cover and a near fall. Then he applies the cat of utilization. Then we get a couple of kicks by Danielson on Hangman. Hangman then ducks and Danielson kicks the post. Then Hangman picks up Danielson and sends his knee right on to the ring post. He takes Danielson's knee onto the guardrail and Hangman boots his knee. Both are back in the ring. Danielson counters back. Hangman then counters back and applies a figure four. Once we're back from commercial break, we get an Intiguri by Danielson. Both exchange shots. At this point, Danielson is gaining the advantage. Uh, he counters the pump-up powerbomb by Hangman into a beautiful Hurricane Rana. We get a cover and a near fall. Danielson then applies the triangle submission. We get a powerbomb counter by Hangman, but Danielson still has the triangle ap- applied. Then we get repeated shots on Hangman, but Hangman goes to the rope. We get a headbutt. We get a bunch. Of, we get a headbutt, and then we get multiple kicks by Danielson. Then after that, Hangman takes Danielson and hits a tombstone pile driver. We get a cover and a near fall. So he basically pulled an Undertaker. He hit a freaking tombstone. That's Undertaker's move, guys. That's Undertaker's move. 
Hangman then takes Danielson to the top. We get a couple of chops by Hangman. He tries to hit the superplex, but Danielson fights back. He drops the knee on Hangman. We get a suplex on Danielson. We get a cover and a near fall. He takes Danielson to the top rope. Danielson also goes to the top. We get a backdrop off the top rope by Danielson, which, holy shit, markout moment in the entire match. We get a cover and a near fall. Danielson at this point hammers the elbow on Hangman. Then Danielson takes Hangman to the apron. We get he tries to hit a pile driver on the apron, but Hangman counters and hits a dead eye on Danielson, countering his pile driver attempt onto the apron. Which, holy shit, that was in a, that was a crazy ass move. Then he goes back in the ring. He goes to the top, but Hangman lands on the timekeeper's table. So he tries to basically drop on Danielson on the outside but Danielson basically ducks and he hits the table once we go to commercial break Danielson exposes the padding on the outside he hits a DDT on the concrete on hangman page which holy crap that was a really rough thing to watch back from break both are in the ring we got a German suplex by hangman we got a couple of kicks by Danielson we get a lariat by hangman but Danielson doesn't go down we get a lariat again by hangman we get a boot by Danielson Danielson takes Hangman to the top. We get a couple of rights by Danielson. Hangman counters the backdrop and hits a devastating ass lariat. Holy shit. What a crazy ass what a crazy ass moment that was in the match. Markout moment in the match. Like legit. He counters the freaking back backdrop and hits a freaking lariat. So right hand by Hangman. Danielson fights back with the right both proceed to exchange shots then after that we get a headbutt by danielson we get an uppercut by danielson hangman applies a roll-up pin attempt we get a near fall we get a roll-up by danielson then we get a rolling elbow by hangman then we get a kick to the head of hangman by danielson we get a cover and day near fall kicks the head of hangman by danielson kicks to the head of hangman by Danielson. At this point, we're less than five minutes, and this match is a 60-minute time limit because title matches in AEW are 60 minutes. Uh, normal matches are 20 minutes. So this is the reason why that, that match is going is going literally um, 60 minutes <laughs> because there's a freaking time limit. Um, so at this point, we got less than five minutes. Danielson runs into a dead eye by Hangman. We get a cover and a close-ass, and I mean a close-ass near-fall. This match is freaking awesome at this point. The crowd is legit amped up in this match. Like, the crowd in Texas, you guys literally take the freaking cake, bro. You guys were awesome. The crowd in Texas was amazing, especially during this match. So, then Hangman kicks in the head of Danielson. Hangman goes to the apron. He tries to hit a buckshot, but counters, and Danielson applies the LaBelle lock submission, aka the yes lock. It's the same thing. We get a right, we get right arm shots by Danielson. At this point, we're down to one minute in the match. We get a slingshot by Hangman, then a lariat by Hangman. Hangman goes to the apron, hits finally the buckshot lariat, but right as soon as Hangman was about to pin Brian Danielson for the win, the time limit expires. Holy shit, that was a lot of notes that I took. That was a lot of shit that I explained in the match, but wow. What were my thoughts on this match? Uh, This match was, just to put it in simple words, this match was amazing. This match was amazing. You know, a lot of people were angry that this match was, this match ended in a whole time limit draw. I do not see the problem with this whatsoever. 
You know, you had the commentators. You had Tony Schiavone. You had Excalibur and Taz explain, you know, I cannot wait for the rematch. Basically saying, yeah, these guys are going to wrestle again. So the fact that, you know, people are saying, are complaining that this match ended in a whole time limit draw is mind-boggling to me. First off, these guys wrestled for 60 minutes, and AEW has time limits unlike WWE. WWE and their matches do not have time limits. And I will tell you this right now. If this match happened in WWE, this match would have lasted less than 20 minutes, and it probably would have ended in a in a whole DQ due to a run-in. Literally. That's what would have happened in WWE. So the fact that people are complaining because of the fact that this match went over 60, went 60 minutes is... I don't understand. What type of logic is that? This match was really good. They're going to be wrestling again. Do not worry. My assumption, and this is the way I would book it. The second match would happen at Battle of the Belts, which is happening Saturday, January 8th. Battle of the Belts, of course, is the first TNT quarterly special for AEW. So I definitely do see that match particularly happening at Battle of the Belts. I definitely see that match happening. And then I would book it this way. So... I'd either have Hangman beat Danielson or have the match end in a 60-minute 60 60 minute time limit again. I know that's kind of weird to say because of the fact that Danielson wrestled Omega at Grand Slam and he basically, you know, there was a time limit draw there as well. But at the same time, you know, I feel like for the story, it kind of makes sense. So this match would end. So the match that happened at Winter's Coming, of course, ended in a time limit draw. The match that would happen that I would book at Battle of the Belts again would have would be <laughs> would basically last an, you know, a whole hour. And then the third match, the rubber match, I would book for Revolution on pay per view. But it's not going to be no ordinary match. No, 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 no. It's going to be a sixty minute Iron Man match. Sixty minute Iron Man match with Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship. That that would be their last match. That would be their third match, in my opinion. That's how I would book it. That's how I would book it. I would book a freaking Iron Man match at Revolution. I'd have them have a trilogy of matches. A trilogy. So this match would happen at Winner's Coming. Their next match would happen at Battle of the Belts. And their third match, which would be an Iron Man match, would happen at Revolution. That's how I would book it. You guys watching this review probably would think differently. But that's just the way I would book it. But again... This match was perfect. I enjoyed every second of this match, and I loved the fact that they had a time limit draw. Now, I can't see the argument that, oh, this already happened with Danielson regarding Kenny Omega. Why are they doing it with Hangman? Maybe there's a story involved with it, but you also have to take this into account. You know, storyline-wise, you know, if either one of them lost, it would have been bad for them anyway. First off, Danielson has all this momentum with him, and the fact that he would be beat he would be beat by Hangman just a couple months into his run in AEW. For me, I don't think would be a good good idea. Not only that, you know, Hangman losing. I mean, of course, you coming in watching this match, you would assume that Hangman would retain the belt, not because of the fact that it's his first title defense in AEW. Well, not his first title. His first title defense ever, ever since beating Kenny Omega at Full Gear. So, like, honestly, you know, I don't see anything wrong with having a time limit draw. You know, I'd book the second match at Battle of the Belts and have another time limit draw because, you know, it just makes the perfect sense. And in my opinion, the third match would be at Revolution and I'd put that match as an Iron Man match for Revolution. You know, 60-minute Iron Man match at Revolution. Brian Danielson versus um, 
Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship, and you'd basically get you know multiple different multiple different you know pinfall victories by Danielson and by Hangman. So <clears throat> it'd be a it'd be you know Hangman would win that match, of course, because a guy like MJF, I definitely see MJF taking the belt from Hangman Page. You know, the guy to take the belt from Hangman Page is MJF. There's no excuses whatsoever. Danielson is not the guy to do it. It's either for me, the guy look, it's either MJF or Adam Cole to take the belt off of off of Hangman Page. And besides, with you know Kyle O'Reilly coming into AEW, you know, I don't think Adam Cole is gonna be the guy because they're definitely gonna be reuniting the Undisputed Era in AEW. And that's another topic that I'm gonna be talking about later on in this review. So yeah. Again, this match was awesome. I loved this match. This match was amazing, and I cannot wait for the rematch. You know, the commentators, again, I've stated this before in this review. The commentators already stated, I cannot wait for the rematch. So we're definitely getting a rematch. We just don't know when. But again, I'd book the second match at Battle of the Belts, and I'd book the third match, which would be be an Iron Man match at Revolution. That's how I would do it. But you may think differently, and if you do, that's fine. But yeah, it's enough of me talking about Brian Danielson and Hangman Page. Bonker-ass match. Amazing-ass match. We get the Elite and Bobby Fish in a backstage segment. Of course, they talk about the best friends. Of course, we had Trent Beretta make his long-awaited return last week, and he proposes an eight-man tag team match on Rampage. He basically then, you know, the Young Bucks talk about, you know, how they want to just destroy the best friends, destroy their van and all that type of stuff. And then, you know, Nick Jackson, I think it was Nick Jackson that said this. He's like, I want to end your mom's career, which was like, what the hell? Why would you say that? But yeah, the elite are being the elite. Now, regarding the elite, you know, there's a reason why Bobby Fish is, is, you know, in these segments. It's pretty obvious, and I think you know why. They're definitely 100% going to reunite the Undisputed Era on AEW television. I, I definitely see that happening. That has to happen. You know why? Kyle O'Reilly's contract, I, I assume, is already up, and he did not resign with the WWE. He actually refused an offer from the WWE, as well as Johnny Gargano. So those two guys are definitely on their way to AEW, especially Kyle O'Reilly. Of course, Kyle O'Reilly is a former Undisputed Era member. You know, I saw on I saw on Twitter that somebody named the AEW version of the Undisputed Era the Undisputed Elite. Holy shit, that is a dope-ass name. This is how I would bring in Kyle O'Reilly. This is how I would do it. So Kenny Omega would make his long-awaited return, right? And like after wrestling a huge match against any top wrestler... After the match, they'd all celebrate. And then what happens? Adam Cole eventually turns on, you know, the Young Bucks and everybody else. And then the lights go out. And then you see both you you see both Kyle O'Reilly and then Bobby Fish next to him when the lights go back up. And then a whole bra breaks loose. And then the way I would book it would be the Undisputed Era versus the Elite at Blood and Guts next year. Like, if you... Honestly, I definitely want to see a match like that because... You know, every, that's like an ultimate dream match. The Elite versus the Undisputed Era inside War Games. Holy shit, I definitely want to see that match. But, you know, Adam Cole is not going to be part of the Super Click anytime soon. But there's many different scenarios where you can do, because I definitely do see Adam Cole turning on the Elite once Omega comes back. And I just see that happening, and we'll have this whole Elite Civil War going on, basically similar to the whole NWO Hollywood and Wolfpack feud. But, and I mean... I really don't want to compare it to that because, you know, it kind of went to shit after that. 
in with when it comes to the NWO, but the elite, I think it will play out perfectly. But yeah, that's how I would do it. But we'll talk about that later on. All right, we got the next match. We got Wardlow versus Matt Seidel. Um, honestly, this was a whole fucking squash match. This whole match was a squash match. Uh, Wardlow basically destroyed Matt Seidel. Uh, you had Sean Spears, of course, being the quote unquote. I don't want to say bodyguard because they're part of the same faction, but like, you know, he's been watching after Wardlow for the past how many weeks on Dynamite? So, yeah, both lock up. You know, Seidel did try to get some offense in this match, but come on, let's be straight up. Let's be 100% straight up. Wardlow decimated this motherfucker. So we get a couple of kicks by Seidel. We We get kicks by Seidel again. Wardlow catches Seidel trying to hit a leg lariat and takes him down. Powerbomb Seidel, Spears grabs the mic, proposing a pinfall attempt, but Wardlow doesn't listen and hits a powerbomb again. We get a cover, and Wardlow wins the match. Then Spears hits Seidel with the chair over and over again, and then MJF calls in. So basically Spears gets a call from his cell phone and saying it's MJF and says that Wardlow needs to pick up some champagne because I'm winning this freaking match. So... MJF is definitely telling Wardlow to do all of, all of his freaking dirty work in typical MJF fashion. Um, I definitely do see them. They're definitely doing it. They're teasing Wardlow leaving the pinnacle. I think Wardlow is would be really good on his own, especially now. You know, having a match with MJF would be awesome. And at the same, but at the same time, I mean, Wardlow would be really good right now on his own. You know. The Pinnacle is all about four people because the Pinnacle is basically a modern version of the Four Horsemen. You got Sean Spears, who is your mid-carter. You got MJF, who's basically your Ric Flair. And you got you got FTR, who is your dominant tag team. And again, I've stated this in previous Dynamite's reviews past that once MJF wins the AEW championship, because you know what's coming. He is the guy to take the belt off of Hangman Page, whether you like it or not. You know, the Pinnacle is definitely going to have, they're all, they all are going to have titles. You know, he's going to have the world title. FTR are going to have the tag titles. I mean, they're the current AAA tag team champions as well. And they had a damn good match against the Lucha Bros this past Friday on Rampage. It was an awesome ass match. They're going to, they're going to have, they're going to win the tag titles. And Sean Spears is going to win the TNT championship. Now, granted, Sean Spears, for me, I think he should be used a little bit better, in my opinion, and taken a little more seriously. That's just me. You may you may think differently, but that's just me. But I think Sean Spears should be a little utilize, a little bit utilized a little bit better. But again, he's really good at what he does. But I just think they should utilize him a little bit better, especially at the pinnacle. But yeah. So yeah, those are my thoughts on this short match. We get a we get a video package of Penelope Ford and Ty Conti. Uh, basically, Ty Conti challenges Penelope Ford in a submission match. I believe that match is going to be happening on Rampage. It already happened because of the fact that Rampage is taped during the exact same day on Dynamite. We get a video package, a really weird video package of Malachi Black basically, basically getting it apprenticed or basically recruiting somebody. Who is that person? I do not know. A lot of people do not know. A lot of people are saying it's it's Brody King, who was from Ring of Honor, which I haven't seen any match of Brody King. I do not watch Ring of Honor. I know uh, Ring of Honor right now uh, is on hiatus. A lot of people are saying that they're probably going to close down and get uh, 
be bought out by AW. I do not know if that's the case, but there's a lot of crazy things that happened at the final battle pay-per-view, but I did not watch it. I do not follow ring of honor, but you know, hopefully everything gets sorted out with ring of honor because you know, they're on hiatus right now, but uh, they did release all their wrestlers. So, you know, Brody King was, I believe was one of those wrestlers under the ring, under ring, under ring of honor that got released. All the wrestlers, all the wrestlers on the roster, everybody got released from ring of honor. So they're, they're going to be operating in a different way. Uh, but, uh, you know, Ring of Honor, I don't watch Ring of Honor, so I don't really know the full story about what's going on. But, uh, yeah, there's rumors that they already signed Brody King to a contract, and I believe they are the PWG Tag Team Champions. Malachi Black and uh, Brody King, they are the PWG uh, Tag Team Champions. Um, I believe that is the case. I don't follow PWG. But, um, but yeah, uh, a lot of people are saying it's probably Brody King or somebody else. I do not know, but uh, we'll see. We got Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida in their third match. Uh, basically, they've been feuding for the past couple of months. Um, overall, this match was really good. I enjoyed this match. I, I really liked their previous match as well. Um, basically, uh, this was a really good match. It was not it was not a long match, but because at this point, we're like at 920-something. Again, keep in mind, the Brian Danielson and Hangman Page match lasted over an hour. The match ended around like 9.05. So... Again, and this is one thing I will say about AEW. The show flows perfectly. And I mean that with the bottom of my heart. AEW Dynamite flows so good. And keep in mind, it's a two-hour show. It flows so well that, like, you're just in tune on what happens on the show. And it's already, like, 9 o'clock. If you watch a WWE show, for example, like either SmackDown or Raw, bro, those shows are so freaking boring that while you're watching the show and then you just finally after watching a lot of whatever happens on those particular shows, it's only 8.30. Bro, AEW Dynamite flows so well. That's one of the reasons why the show is so good in my opinion. But yeah, Uh, so we got Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida. Uh, quick notes in the match. Sheeta throws the cane to Deeb. The match starts. Both proceed to brawl. We get repeated rights by Sheeta. We get a drop kick by Sheeta. Sends Deeb to the other corner. Sheeta hits a crossbody. Deeb applies a knee submission. Sheeta makes it to the bottom rope. Sheeta runs the knee to the turnbuckle. Deeb takes the knee of Sheeta onto the steps. She applies the figure four on Sheeta onto the outside. Once we go to commercial break, Deeb is in control during the break. Once we're back from break, Sheeta fights back with a couple of rights. We get an insiguri by Sheeta. We get a cover and a near fall. We get a vertical suplex by Sheeta. We get a cover and a near fall again. Sheeta goes to the top. Deep comes in and fights back. Deep then targets the leg of Sheeta by applying a single leg Boston Crab. Deep exposes the turnbuckle. We get a neckbreaker onto the turnbuckle. We get a powerbomb by Deep. We get a cover and a near fall. Deep applies a submission hold. Sheeta goes to the bottom rope. We get a swinging neckbreaker by Deep. Then a second swinging neckbreaker by Deep. Then Sheeta fights back with the Falcon Arrow. We get a right elbow by Sheeta. We get an axe kick by Sheeta. Then Sheeta escapes. We get a roll up by Deeb. Then applies once again the single leg Boston Crab. Sheeta then tries to fight back. Deep slaps Sheeta. Deeb exposes the top turnbuckle. Sheeta fights back. We get a roll up by Sheeta. Deeb then applies a roll up. We get a near fall. Sheeta misses a roundhouse kick, but then Deeb gets sent to the turnbuckle. Then Sheeta applies a jackknife pin attempt. 
One, two, three. Hikaru Shida beats Serena Deeb in what was a really good women's match, in my opinion. Um, this is definitely their last match that they're going to have. I think they're going to do something different with Hikaru Shida. Same as Serena Deeb. What that is, I do not know. But they're not going to be in the finals of the TBS Championship Tournament because that honor goes to Thunder Rosa and um, Ruby Soho, which I believe they're already finalists. Correct me if I'm wrong. I got to pay attention more to that tournament. But one thing I will say about that tournament is the fact that, you know, that tournament was 10 times better than the Queen's Crown Tournament. I swear to God, bro. The amount of matches that we've seen on on the TBS Championship Tournament, you could tell that AEW really cares about their women's wrestlers. With WWE, what they did with the Queen's Crown Tournament was each, each of the women's matches that they had in the Queen's Crown Tournament, all of them were like two minutes each. With the eight, with the women's with the women's matches on the TBS Championship Tournament for AEW, like all of those matches were either like ten minutes to like ten to like fifteen minutes, which is good. You know what I'm saying? Because it makes the matches more important, and you're elevating a lot of the women on your division, and that's good. With WWE, they didn't do any of that crap when it. They didn't do any of that crap when it with the women. They did not care. They were like, you know what? You got a tournament, but we're not, we don't we don't care about it. Like. Really, like you really each of the, like every one of the matches on the Queen's Crown tournament were just like two minute matches, which is ridiculous in my opinion. WWE does not know how to do tournaments, in my opinion. Like tournaments are probably one of the easiest ways to book matches because of not only the dream match scenario, but you know, the possibilities of 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 those possible match scenarios. Like it gives you a sense of like what if this match happens or what if that match happens. Not only that, it elevates a lot of the guys on your roster that are in that specific tournament. That's what's good about the TBS Championship tournament. That was good about the World Title Eliminator tournament. Like AEW does tournaments really, really well. WWE bombed when it came to the King of the Ring and in my opinion when it came to the Queen's Crown. I'm sorry. There was no like, the only reason why they brought back the King of the Ring was because of the fact that, like, oh, it's just the King of the Ring. You know, it's name value. We used to do this tournament every year, but we don't do it anymore because we don't like tournaments. Like, first off, whoever wins the King of the Ring shouldn't win a, 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 a cape and a crown and, you know, rename them King whatever. Like, they should win a title shot at a future pay-per-view. That's the whole point of the King of the Ring. You know what I'm saying? That's just my opinion. But it is what it is. That's my little rant on tournaments. All right. Tony Schiavone interviews the Varsity Blondes. Basically, uh, Griff Garrison is pissed off that Malachi Black spit the mist on Julia Hart last week. Then he calls Malachi Black a coward. Brian Pillman Jr. tries to calm Garrison down, and then Garrison pushes him and is like, whose side are you on, blah, blah, blah. Pillman tries to calm down and is like, dude, dude, Malachi wants this. And then, you know, he challenges Malachi Black into a match. And, yeah. We get a video package of the amazing, and I mean amazing, Hook debut. They finally sent Hook. They finally sent Hook last Friday on Rampage, beating in tremendous fashion Fuego Del Sol. Um, What are my thoughts on Hook's debut? Hook looked amazing in his debut. And I'm being straight up. Hooked, Hook was badass in his match. And I don't know why, man, but... The way, the fact that Hook got so over throughout this whole year in AEW with Team Taz. And look, this is coming from somebody that started getting tired of Team Taz. But after this, dude, Hook 
should be one of those pillars in AEW. Of course, you got your four pillars. You got your Darby Allens, your MJFs, your Jungle Boys, your Sammy Guevara's. You know, Hook is definitely going to be one of those future stars. This is a clear difference with AEW and the WWE. AEW is definitely 100% building their foundation for the future stars of the company. WWE, I don't know what what kind of foundation are they building right now. Do you see you, the viewer, watching this watching this review right now on my channel? Ask yourself this. Is WWE really building for the future? I don't think so. Oh, they're doing it with NXT. Dude, I don't watch NXT 2.0, honestly. I do not watch NXT 2.0, and rightfully so. I mean, like, first off, they basically killed everything about... I didn't even watch a lot of NXT 1.0. I would stop by a couple of takeovers there and there, but, you know, still, like, there was no reason for me to even watch NXT 1.0, even though that show was damn good. Like, the takeovers that they would they would do were amazing. Like, TakeOver New York, again, I've stated this before, TakeOver New York was one of my favorite shows that I've watched because of the fact that every sh- every match on the card mattered. From that opening match, from the War Raiders going up against Aleister Black and Ricochet, that crowd in Brooklyn was freaking awesome, to the two out of three falls match with Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole. I mean, like, bruh, every match on the card mattered. And now, basically, NXT has become the main roster. You know, definitely Vince uh, Triple H ain't power. You know, he, they they basically told him, "Yeah, screw you." Like that's what they basically did. WWE really doesn't care about their future, in my opinion. They're going to continue to rely on old guys and guys that they have currently. I don't think you know. I don't think you know they will have future stars. But the way AEW is doing it is coming off so much better because of the fact that you know. You got guys like MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, you know, Darby Allen, Hook, you know, a lot of these guys that are fan favorites. And, you know, AEW is definitely pushing for youth. And it's just awesome to see. You love to see it. Hook's debut on Rampage was perfect. Perfect. And the way that they should book Hook is basically decimate everybody. That is how they should. They should just book hook, in my opinion. I do not. I honestly, you know, don't expect I don't expect AEW to do this really soon. But bruh, Hook should be TNT champion. This guy should be TNT champion. Like, for now. You know, maybe not for now, maybe in a couple months down the road, but dude, this guy needs to be TNT champion. Hook got so over that he is the number one selling t-shirt on aw shop on shop aw right now he beat cm punk's he beat cm punk's record that's how overhook is holy crap it was freaking awesome to see eddie kingston we get a backstage segment uh talking about you know he's talking about 2.0 and basically challenges them to a tag match on rampage then we got our main event mjf versus dante martin mjf what can i say about mjf there was a report that came out today saying that WWE, USA Network, and Fox are definitely interested in signing Maxwell Jacob Friedman to a contract in 2024. And MJF tweeted the bidding war of 2024, and he has been mentioning that on AEW television for the past couple of weeks. Not only that, the past couple of weeks, we've seen a back-and-forth slugfest verbally with CM Punk and MJF. What are my thoughts? Because I haven't been uploading. What are my thoughts on that match with, not not match, but that segment, that opening segment with MJF and CM Punk on that Thanksgiving episode of Dynamite? 
what can I say about that match? I mean, uh, not match, segment. What can I say about that segment? Because the match didn't even happen yet. That segment was one of the best, hear me out, was one of the best segments that I have seen in my life. And I mean that so like wholeheartedly. That segment was amazing. Why is that? You have a guy in CM Punk who is notorious for saying whatever the hell he wants on the microphone. MJF, you got a jackass who you don't like in kayfabe, but at the end of the day, you respect him because he is that passionate about wrestling. MJF is 100% going to be champion, world champion. I just mean that. I mean that a lot. And this feud with CM Punk that he's having right now, that segment, that first segment that he had with CM Punk was one of the best segments, not only in AEW, but in wrestling in general. Like that, I would probably put that as like my top, like I put that at number one in my, like my top 10 favorite segments in wrestling in 2021 alone. Like that segment was amazing because you had MJF like literally do a bunch of John Cena references. You know, CM Punk called him a, a less famous Miz. That segment got so hot and got so popular on YouTube to the point where WWE started to basically, you know, copy them with the Miz and Edge. And that segment, that first segment with Edge and Miz was, look, it wasn't bad, but you can definitely see through their bullshit that they were definitely trying to try to take steam off of AEW's momentum, especially coming off that amazing segment with MJF and CM Punk. That segment was amazing. Those are just my quick thoughts on that. But yeah, MJF cuts a promo, says that their daughter swallows. He basically runs down Texas. He cuts a promo on CM Punk, runs down his promo in Long Island. He didn't realize having an undefeated streak made him a ch- made him championship material. And you know what he said about CM Punk in this promo? He thought that made him the new Ryback, which the <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever heard come out of MJF's mouth. MJF just don't give a damn. Then he talks about Dante Martin. We get a bunch of shut the fuck up chants. He says he's the only top talent that's young that matters. Says he can beat him with a headlock takeover. Then he doesn't need to. Then he says he doesn't claim to be the best in the world. He just is. And then Dante Martin comes out for the match. And then we get Dante Martin versus MJF for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Honestly, I expected Dante Martin to win this match. Of course, Dante Martin has been on a roll, especially these past few months on AEW television. I mean, Dante Martin, you know, we all thought he signed that contract with Team Taz, but apparently that was not the case. He swerved him, as Vince Russo would say. I'm not really that big of a fan of Vince Russo booking, but there was a swerve, but it wasn't a Vince Russo-style swerve, so don't get it twisted. Don't get my words mixed up. This wasn't a Vince Russo swerve. This was just a swerve. He swerved everybody at the Battle Royal last week and turned on Ricky Starks and eliminated him. But yeah, I actually thought Dante Martin was actually going to win. And I'm actually really liking the chemistry between Leo Rush and Dante Martin. And I definitely hope, and you know, this is just speculation, when Darius Martin comes back, Top Flight is going to be one of the best tag teams in AEW and they're going to have a lot of momentum coming in. And with Leo Rush on their side, like with Leo Rush basically managing Top Flight, you know, we could probably see one of the best tag teams in 2022 when Darius comes back. Because I'm definitely looking forward when Darius comes back and Top Flight is back as a tag team. Bro, they're going to be on a freaking roll. But we got a side headlock takeover by MJF, ironically. 
to start off the match. We get a near fall. I try to end it early. We get a kick by MJF. We get a stomp by MJF. MJF does the Ric Flair strut. Then he slaps Dante. We get a shoulder tackle by MJF. We get a drop kick by Dante. We get a 450 splash by Dante Martin. We get a cover and a near fall. MJF then escapes. He tries to hit the nosedive, but MJF takes him to the outside, falling on the guardrail. MJF then takes Dante to the guardrail. Once we go to commercial break, MJF is in control. Once we're back from break, Dante reverses in a roll-up. We get a near fall. We get a power bomb by MJF. We get a shotgun, shotgun drop kick by Dante. <clears throat> then Dante flies over the top rope and takes out MJF. We get a somersault on MJF all over the top turnbuckle. A somersault over the top turnbuckle. Holy shit. Dante Martin is out of this freaking world. So after that, crap. I literally missed my notes. All right, I found him. We get a running moonsault over the top rope by Dante. This guy just won't quit, man. Then MJF again goes to the outside. Then Dante hits a springboard moonsault on MJF. Lands on the face of MJF. We get a right elbow by Dante. MJF walks off when Dante tries to hit the nosedive. We get a right hand by Dante. We get repeated rights by Dante. We get a leg lariat by Dante. We get a roll through by Dante. We get a near fall backslide attempt by Dante Martin. We get a roll up by Dante after that. Then we get a near fall inside cradle by MJF, but it's a near fall. Side headlock takeover by MJF. We get a near fall. Sunset flip by Dante. Then we get a near fall. We get a roll up. We get roll up reversals back and forth at this point. Then we get a side headlock takeover by Dante. Roll up reversals again by both. All of them are near falls. We get a bridge pin attempt. We get a near fall. Then MJF hits a Liger bomb, but we get a near fall as well. MJF then sends Dante inside the ring. MJF flips off the crowd then dante brings mjf over the top rope we get a nosedive by dante martin we get a cover and a near fall when mjf gets his foot on the rope then ricky starts is on the outside then mjf applies the salt of the earth arm bar then what happens dante taps out taps out and mjf is once again the dynamite diamond ring winner definitely did not expect that but uh you know <clears throat> You know, I, I really thought Dante Martin was actually going to win this match, but that wasn't the case. And, you know, it could probably be the the right decision because MJF is definitely going to gain a lot of momentum, especially after that CM Punk match. We do not know when that match is going to happen, but we're I'm definitely going to see the, you know, we're definitely going to be seeing these guys wrestle. 100%. Speaking of CM Punk, after that, um, FTR celebrates with MJF. Then the lights go up. Uh, the lights go out. Sting and Darby Allen appear out of nowhere because, you know, they attacked them the week before. FTR and Sting and Darby proceed to brawl. CM Punk comes out with a baseball bat and then announces a trios tag match to finish off Dynamite. Overall thoughts on this show. This show was amazing. And I mean that. This show was probably one of the best shows I've seen. From Danielson and Hangman going over an hour to, you know, just a bunch of stuff going on in this match, to MJF and Dante Martin having an awesome-ass match. I mean, like, literally, AEW's on the roll. And once they move to TBS January 5th, which, by the way, it's going to be at the Prudential Center again, which I will most likely be going to. I still got to get my tickets, bro. I got to hurt my ass up for, to get those tickets. But uh, I'm really excited. You know, AEW 100% is the best wrestling product out there right now. And for me, there's no stopping them. You know, I feel... 
just a huge amount of enjoyment watching this show and Rampage as well. Rampage last week was really good. Like, I thought Rampage last week was 10 times better than SmackDown. You know, it was just awesome, in my opinion. With from that, you know, FTR and the Lucha Bros had an awesome ass tag team match. One of the best matches I've seen. And the Lucha Bros are one of the best tag teams in the world right now. But uh, yeah, uh, AW is 100% on a roll, and Winter is Coming was an a, amazing show. Like, it was literally an amazing show. But yeah, that was AEW Winter is Coming from December 15th. 2021 again overall thoughts amazing 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 show probably had the best matches all year for dynamite but yeah that was an awesome show please like subscribe comment down below push that bell for notifications and be on the lookout for future uploads on the broken havoc podcast so yeah this is broken havoc from the broken havoc podcast signing out Oh,